0: that did work all right uh welcome episode uh 80 of the galen trombley show um uh, my guest today is nick bracy um nick is a local attorney in town born and raised in the great state great city state of plattsburgh new york uh, we were just laughing because our sd card wasn't working it always kept popping up as an error and then jordan um, had the lucky touch and got it to work so that's why we were laughing as we came on but it's all working now we're gonna hear it um Nick, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Galen. Thank you for having me. <laughs> is
0: it, is it Nicholas Bracy or Nick? Yeah, Bracey? it's Nicholas
1: J. Bracey, Esquire.
0: Esquire. Yep. Uh, why why is it called an esquire?
1: I have I have no clue, man.
0: Did, I don't, I imagine it's something from old England, but I don't know does, the answer to that. Okay, I didn't know if like in law school that was like nope. law one hundred and one is like what's esquire mean? Maybe uh, is it Latin for it, Law. Is it, it could it Latin be for law. Jory, do a quick search on that. We'll see. <laughs> I've always wondered because it's like just the weirdest name. Yeah.
1: I, I don't know, man. It's maybe just to make us feel more important than we are.
0: That's good. Well, you get, a, yeah. You actually, it's like a doctor. You have a name. You have you have some initials at the end of your name. I know. Um, so Nick, people who do not know you, kind of give us a little background, um, like how you got to 2020, Nick Bracy.
1: Gotcha. Well, I I went to Plattsburgh High School, and my dad was an attorney. He works in Plattsburgh um, with two partners, John Niles and um, Joe Musha. John Niles has been around forever. He's worked in the same building. For over 46 years, he's never had another job. So imagine that, man. And, and your dad is who? Evan, Evan Bracey. So okay. he's uh, 54, and he's, <laughs> he bought somebody's practice. He got to the area, and he bought this guy Andy Edwards' practice who did a lot of real estate, and that's how my dad got into it because he bought Andy's practice. But I always kind of knew, even from an early age in high school, that I, I wanted to follow in his footsteps. And I honestly wasn't really passionate about anything, but I just wanted to be able to make a good living. So that's kind of why I did it, man. I wasn't really excited about like any any type of any type of career. I was just like you know might as well do something practical where I know I can make a good living for myself and that was it
0: so um from a legal standpoint, where'd you go to school for law?
1: I went to Syracuse, the same place my dad went, but um because actually there's not a lot of close law schools it's the closest ones are Albany and then um Vermont Law School, which is in uh south Royalton, Vermont so so I just wanted to stay close to home because I knew I was going to come back and stay in the area.
0: Did, did uh, you do your undergrad there too?
1: Nope. I went to UVM for undergrad. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Knocked yeah. it off in three years because philosophy was such an easy major. <laughs> it was good. It's no. kind of like business. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun, man. Like I, I, um, I didn't even pick my major until like a year and a half in and philosophy. Is was like, you need 34 credits to graduate with a philosophy major. That's all so, you needed. That's a, that was it. So, so
0: you already knew going into college that you were doing something with, like, you're going yeah. into law no matter what. Yeah,
1: you can't be a philosophy major unless you have, it, unless you know what you're doing after or you're screwed. And you just so, paid for nothing.
0: So is there a prerequisite to go to law school? No, you can from do a it, major
1: perspective? Nothing. You could go, you could be an engineer, you could be a doctor, you could be a nurse, and you could go right to law school. Take your LSAT. It's kind of like your SAT. It's just a standardized test. It's kind of like a disguised IQ test almost. Um in a way, but.
0: And that, that's what take, that's basically what you take to get into law school. Yep. It's called what, the LSAT? The LSAT, yep. Sat.
1: The LSAT. Okay. Yep.
0: It's, okay, so then you go to Syracuse, you get that done, and what's law school, three years? Three
1: years, yep, and then, you know, we all took the same classes our first year, and then you need some credits to graduate. You can kind of do what you want within reason after that, but a lot of kids dual majored, but. I I didn't do that.
0: So when you went when you get a law degree, is there a specific type of law that you get from a degree?
1: No,pe not at all. I mean, it's it's so crazy. Like when you get out into practice, you're you really it's so completely different than law school. Like law school trained you how to do a little bit of legal research, but I might as well have showed up to my dad's office knowing nothing. So it was, you know, all the all the clerical workers there pretty much knew more than me. It's like learning something totally new. It's
0: so. Yeah, and I find that, that that's one of the problems with, with certain classes and learning um, real estate is the same way. You like you don't go to real estate is the easiest way to get in because you don't have you take like an online course. It's right. like the barrier to entry for real estate is like an online course and like a thousand bucks and you're in, and it's super um, maybe fifteen hundred your first year or whatever. I mean, it's under two grand. Like it's not that hot. It's not it's not a lot of money. It's more in seventy five hours of time compared to three years of schooling. Um, and obviously going to get a degree, the barrier to entry to that is much harder. You gotta be more committed. Um, real estate is hard to stay in real estate and get good at real estate because oh there's God, a yeah. lot of agents and not everybody really flourishes in real estate because it is hard to break into. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's the same with law, but I, I'm this, like you said, you go, you go the first day, if you take your test, go in for real estate, first day at the job versus the same thing with law, you're the same thing. It's like, um, I took a Took a bunch of hours of coursework, right. but I have no clue what I'm doing.
1: Right. Well, I mean, networking is a big part of both careers. You know what I mean? If you're gonna, if you're good at networking and you're a good people person, you're. I think you're gonna flourish more so than if you're, um, and if you're not. But then there's always different ways in law. Some people can go and never talk to people; they're just doing legal research, or and they, and then there's people who become partners really quick because they make connections, and they're more of just delegators where they get the big clients and then they just farm it out to other attorneys in the firm. So.
0: So from a, from like a, which is, yes. And I agree on all that. And from a mentor standpoint, I'm assuming, did you shadow mostly your father Yeah, for most of it? Yep. Yeah. I,
1: I worked there over the summer. So just as a receptionist over two summers, I think right before I went to go, went to law school. And then the summer after that, and I was just answering phones. I mean, I had a typewriter. I still do have a typewriter in my office, like an old school typewriter. And people are like, I cannot believe you use that. And it's actually hilarious because we See, just, you use
0: that for actually typing.
1: Well, only certain things that don't fit on like an eight, eight and a half by 11 inch sheet of paper. You know what I mean? So tags for the files. And we just, I don't know. I got there and I was like, you guys haven't solved this problem by now. Like we need, we need something better than this, but I have it in my office and his desk, my dad's desk is right below mine. So we just got that addition. And he's like, he's like, what are you doing pushups up here or something? And I was like, no, I'm just typing on my typewriter. He goes, it sounds like a jackhammer is going off. In Does my it? <laughs> so yeah, it's I, funny. I
0: saw, um, Tom Hanks is like a big collector of typewriters. Have really? That?
1: We should sell them all to him, man.
0: He, he I, like, legit, I think I watched this on one of the, like, uh, I don't know, Sunday morning or something, and he had a, he has a room full of typewriters. He collects them, like, old vintage typewriters. We got to contact Tom So Hanks. there you go. Reach out to Tom. Just say, <laughs> I got this jackhammer typewriter. It's,
1: it's, It vibrates the whole building, dude. How big is it? Is it, like, I mean. It's big. Like it's two it's, feet wide? It's two thirds of this table. It's big. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it vibrates the whole
0: room. How big it's are the big. buttons on it? like size Key- of a quarter or something
1: no keyboard size oh, no is it? It, it's not it doesn't look that crazy but it's definitely you're like wow we haven't solved any more efficient way to get these tags on the files and
0: do do you find that as so you're what what 26 yep okay so you're 26 now do you expect that from the time you're 26 to maybe like 30 or even 35 that you're going to find some inefficiencies <laughs> you probably already have oh my god my my the one thing i've noticed when i first got in the real estate so this is my 10th year. So when I was like 20 to 25, I was kind of like going through the motions and not really like I knew what I was doing, but not great. And then I got to a better understanding and then I kept figuring out, I'm like, there's so much inefficiencies that people that not just like, but the industry still does that blows my mind. I'm like, how can we haven't adapted this as an industry to make everybody's life easier and we're slowly getting there. Do you find that in law?
1: I do. I certainly do. I mean, there's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just a big step and. You just got to take the jump and then take the troubleshooting as it comes i think to be successful we've done it with some things i mean when i got to the firm we hand wrote all our checks and then our office and snell's office at about at about the same time i think we're like okay we got to start printing our checks so in some in some firms still do write their checks but that's just one thing since i got there i was like okay we need to get quickbooks and we need to start printing checks from quickbooks because this is ridiculous but it's just things like that and i mean there's just technological headaches everywhere but
0: are, are you are you like a big tech guy or no? No,
1: no one. That's the problem. No one in the office. We just use Prime Link for everything. We call them over and and they just, just fix it. Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah. The, the the I'm the same. I'm like like you walked in. You're like, oh, this setup's pretty sweet. And I've learned through trial and error in a couple of YouTube videos. Like I'm not very techy. If I go through all the options on this, I'm like, it's another language. But I know enough um, after a couple restarts of the thing to get it to record. And that's um. So it's kind of one where like I know what I know or need to know, and then I research a lot. Exactly. But it's I mean, technology is the way it's going. I just I wish I was a little smarter when it comes to technology. I just haven't really learned oh, it. Me fully. too,
1: man. But you know you got to pick your battles. That's what you hire other people for. You know, what's it? What's that business? You took you went to business school where you know you gotta your time's worth X amount and you yep. shouldn't be doing things or. Well, we. You
0: know. Well, that's we hired. A, I have an assistant now. Same thing. I'm like, why am I doing? I, I when I was hiring I I printed everything out on a sheet of paper and I had a, a broker friend that told me to do this and they said write down every single thing you do in a week like down to everything like even down to taking out the trash like do every and, and, you know like running a small business right. it's like there's a lot of stuff that you would do in a small business that you know bigger companies wouldn't do because there's so many people below them and or your company's not big enough and you're just kind of like a one man show so wrote down everything and then I crossed out, they said highlight everything in red that you either don't want to do. You, you don't make a difference. Meaning like me typing up stuff or emailing certain things doesn't make a difference. Like you could do it for me. Right. Um, so then it was like, okay, how do I bring someone on that I can pay X amount deducted from my X amount? And does that extra time or money overall? Does that allow that extra time? It frees me up. Is it allowing me to either do more or my my thing is do more, give me more time to do more work-wise or spend more time with my kids and family so that I'm like, yes, no-brainer. Exactly. So I fully agree on that and that that's a good, I think anybody looking to potentially delegate because I've talked to um, a couple people kind of in a like a growth mode, it's called red light, yellow light, green light, which just means green means yes, I want to do it, yellow is like still have to do it but want to delegate at some point and red means I'm done. Yep and basically that's your job description. So Nick, that's her job description.
1: Yep, and there's always the the fear what my dad and I have talked about is when you delegate when when my dad delegates He's always scared that he's going to offend somebody by having somebody else correspond with them or interact with them. And I mm-hmm. think he's got to get away from that. And just like you said, though, there's some emails that you need to send. There's some that you don't. Yeah. But it's always a scare. So, I mean, for me, he he refers me a lot of cash deals because, you know, he's not going to offend a realtor who trusted him with their work mm-hmm. or something like that. So, you, you know, there are there are fears and growing pains, but you, you definitely got to find a way or you're just going to be swamped.
0: Yeah. And, and you get to the point where everybody has 24 hours in a day. my, my thing was when I got to the point where I was going home, putting the kids to bed, and then I had two hours worth of work at night just to catch up. And that was my, the problem was when someone's asking for something, I legit didn't have time until that time at night to actually sit down at the computer. Cause I was just like in appointments and meetings and, th- and like just bouncing around with people that, you know, me to send you some information that you need, that's when it would have been sent, which I think it's not fair to the to the client to be it's within 24 hours for sure but I'm like it doesn't need to be sent 12 hours later when I could have somebody that could send it out within a few hours right especially if it's semi time sensitive Agreed yeah so, um so now for the law thing so I mean do you find also that coming from coming from law where you said that you didn't really was something you wanted to do but you didn't really have a passion for doing law do you find that as you've been more immersed in in law that you're starting to enjoy it a little bit more
1: big time i mean it it, it's definitely a job like there's their closings are awesome and you could we could probably both agree on that right
0: yeah they're they're good time they're a good time you want to get their closing
1: that's when you shoot the shit and you you talk to people and you joke around and, and hopefully if they get the picture they know they're just signing a bunch of documents but but there's just a lot that goes, there's a big paper hustle that goes on in the law offices behind the scenes. And obviously you've worked with, you know, Jane and Scarlett a lot at Snell's and we're just, we're sending emails. I, I probably walk to the copier 40 times a day, man. I, so I'm emailing and that's, that's not always fun. I do appreciate it. I work hard because it's, it's more of a pride thing. You know, I, I don't want someone to say that Nick's not working hard, but it's not, it's not something that is in itself like a a passion of mine i don't love co- making copies of things but it's something that it's necessary you know so yeah
0: and that eventually will be the delegation part that, exactly that will free up because like i said 40 times getting up and back i mean that's a few <laughs> minutes of your time each yeah. time so you're probably talking two hours a day of just copying so yeah the uh yeah the, the closing aspect i the i it's weird i love closings but I hate closings too because our time suck, meaning they just take a lot of time out of our schedule because we really don't do much at closings. But no. the way I look at it is if I have to go to this closing – because one, I don't want to not go because a client – like you don't want to kind of like just send the client high and dry even though I know I don't really do anything at closing. It's still the idea that I think there's a little more comfort level if something does arise and they're like, well, hey, at least my agent's here to answer the question without them being like, I don't know. Um, and th- I've had multiple times where I would say that at least – once every two or three closings, you have some type of role to play at closing, which is not right. huge, but it might be some kind of just figuring stuff out. I do go though for the networking aspect because- Exactly. Because like you said, I get two attorneys, I get at least a lender typically, another agent, I get my clients, paralegals. Like So by the end of the day, you're talking to like six, seven, eight people.
1: Yeah, big time. You know, so, it's tr- We like realtors there because you know it, it's just like you said, you have a relationship with these people. A lot of times I've talked to them on the phone once or twice. And then they come and I'm saying, oh, sign this 10 to 15 page mortgage. And they're like looking around the room, like, is this legit? (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, (laughs) I think think there's some benefit. And I I think for you guys too, because obviously if you're getting stuff from real estate, a lot of your referrals are coming from agents or coming from lenders. Um, So it's also, it's good too, like if you have a relationship, like I I know your dad well enough now, like, and your dad's always been really nice to me. If, If, even when I was younger, he wasn't like, he would still like, be nice to me. It wasn't like a, who's this kid? Right. Like this new kid. Um, so he was always pretty chill about that. But the good thing is like, I, I, I know him enough that if I had to call him about something, that's an issue, I could call and we'd have no issue talking right. about it. Where I find that like, if you don't know the person that well, you sometimes lose that where I can, there's, that's the benefit of relationships is you can call up people and have a very candid conversation and kind of cut to the chase and then really figure stuff out versus feeling like, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't really know this person. I got I don't know how to take them. And right it, it, the relationship at least in our businesses are they're everything yeah you know, they are
1: it's huge man
0: so uh, no you, you, no nope, go ahead to that? Nope. so as much as i love talking about law <laughs> as much as you love talking about law there's, there's better things to talk about right so so nick besides uh, actually question start off have you played any golf this
1: year I did. Dude, the last... This is interesting. The last round of golf I played, because they raised prices a little bit. You know, they had to make up for their missed business at the beginning of the season, and my girlfriend and I went to play at Harmony, and we were both hungover. I'll give her a shout-out right now. Megan Strong.
0: And... and, To be fair, Megan's a pretty good golfer, right? She's athletic, man. She's a good golfer. I've never golfed with her, but rumor is she might be better than you. So keep going. She might be, man. <laughs> Matt,
1: Matt Craig played with us one time, and she was she was out driving Matt. <laughs> well, she was. A- I, I, that's good. That's good though.
0: No, no, that's good. Anytime, we, anytime we can we can make fun of Matt on this podcast. Oh, I'd love. We're to. big fans of, of Matt Matt Craig jokes. So
1: yeah, the guy's a stud. He can take it. <laughs> so yeah, we went to Harmony. We paid like sixty bucks. We were both hungover, but we. We um we were basically hitting the ball from woods to we we we'd hit the ball into one woods we'd spend five ten minutes looking for the ball, and then we'd hit it out to the other woods. So and that was like that was for fourteen holes. That's what we did. So by the end I was like, man, we could have went out to dinner and enjoyed two nice meals, but instead we just spent our whole day getting so frustrated in the woods. No, when did you start playing golf? Um, I mean just casually, dude. Like,
0: like never in yeah. high school or anything. No,
1: like the range just to mess around, but that's it. Yeah, cause you. You're not a bat. We played, what, one tournament last year? Dude, I, I, I'd like to say I'm a little bit of an athlete. You know what I mean? Yeah, but... you
0: got get a little little swag there. Like, <laughs> There's a few times you... Uh, I, th- I think there was... You, t- you told us that you had hit number 18 at the barracks in two, which is a poke. That's a long hole. Yeah,
1: big time. I hit a three iron, like 250.
0: Yeah, so that's... Yeah. So there's... Uh, no, I you're one of those guys like you got a pretty good swing and i think like when you connect like any other golfer it's exactly. like the it's consistency it's the kill not it.
1: there yep one time i was uh, i was golfing with andrew castine and it was just one of those things where Is i he, was just hitting duffs and stuff he's okay he's about as he's, he's about, athletic too so he, yeah he's we're both basketball players andrew's better than me obviously but and then he uh i was like oh man like what the heck's happening and he goes dude do you want to know what's happening to you and i'm like yeah and he goes you suck
0: <laughs> that, sound, that sounds like Andrew. Yeah, in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, Well, I mean, so golf is one of those sports if you're not going to the range and playing consistently. I typically find that as the season goes on, my short game gets better. But the long game aspect, you really have to... I like swinging on the range prior to playing. Like So, so my thing is I've hit the range once this year. I've probably played three three times, four times this year. And every time I've played... It's the same thing. It's like so inconsistent. I'll have two good holes where I'll par or birdie. Um, and then I'll go a string of like doubles and bogeys. And I'm like, what the hell? And right. it's it's so crazy that you can go to the range, at least my experience, you can go to the range a couple times a week for like the first few weeks of the season. And you kind of groove your swing out. And if you don't do that, because <laughs> well, you got to think, like even if you wanted to hit a driver or a five iron or eight iron, eight iron or pitching wedge, in a normal round, you might only hit those four, five, six times each. Exactly. So it's like if you're only hitting it that many times in a round, if you can go to the range and in like three minutes hit it ten times. I know.
1: It's it's, it's a head game, man. Yeah, it's it's there's so many factors. There's probably infinite factors that affect your golf game and your swing. There's the philosophy do, major in me. Do do, <laughs> do you uh, do you watch golf too? A little bit. No, I not no not a ton at all, but. Um, well you were still you were still good enough to beat Matt Craig with three irons in that children's charity
0: tournament, weren't you? Well it's Matt Craig. So yeah. I actually the funny thing with the, okay, so long back in the day I was a decent golf. I was a single digit handicap. Like I was I was I was fairly good. Um, fun fact, I won the two thousand eight New York State was it Elks Elks Golf Tournament. I don't know. I won the local one. I went to like Oswego and I beat all the state kids at it, which wow. is cool. So I don't, I don't know how impressive that was, but it, I won something like in New York State yeah, for golf. And then it basically went downhill. I stopped playing like the next summer. So, the, so Matt Craig, when we played that match, which we're trying to do this year, I think we'll pull it off depending on how he feels. I know his back's been troubling him. So um, I would like to try to get it where it's not just him and I. I have two options. I either play Matt with one club, which I think would be better. I think I have more. Like, if I can just say get one club, because I really think if I played him last year with one club, I would have beat him with one. And I think I beat him on the 16th hole or 15th hole. 15th hole, I beat him. I was trying to close him out on, I think, the 14th hole. So it was one (laughs) hole after what I I actually closed him out on. And the reason was I went out like the week prior just to try it. I'm like, I don't even know what to expect. And I shot like, I don't know, 50 with three clubs. So I'm like, so I thought, I'm like, I'm going to smoke Matt because Matt's never broke 100. Yeah. And I had some shots where I'm like, oh, I'll just change this. I'll hit this off the tee. And instead of hitting like a three wood, I'd hit my eight iron and then eight iron. It might have helped you in, in some ways, you
1: know, just to calm down and not feel like you got to crush your shot. You're
0: more yeah. To, yeah. Well, you, you think your way around more. So like if uh. you're playing, like even we played at the barracks, like the first hole I hit a three wood, actually I had to hit three. This is when I knew Matt was in trouble. I hit my first shot right. I hit a provisional that straight. I bombed it down the middle. I couldn't find my first shot. I ended up finding it on the second hole coming back, but I took a drop basically. And then I chipped up and me and Matt tied the hole and I hit three off the tee. So I'm like, with three clubs. I'm like, this game's over. And then I ended up going like one a couple and he made a big putt on one of the holes. But the idea is that if you take two eight irons back to back, I can probably hit two eight irons, especially if you're like really just trying to turn the club down and like get into it probably around 225 to 230 on yeah. now we know no three because i can hit about 160 so 160 you're talking 320 yards that you could probably hit in two shots right so really you're up into a wedge and they have a wedge so I'm like i can get on the green almost every hole in three and then just like two putt it's right. bogey matt can't play bogey golf so it's like if you <laughs> So like if you can get a bogey, that's what I was planning for. If I can bogey out, Matt, there's no way Matt. This is 90. Matt, there's no way Matt would even yeah. touch me.
1: Yeah, you got to even odd odds somehow. You guys got to brainstorm something. The best part about that whole thing was your hype video. That I watched that like probably 10 times because I thought it was so funny.
0: We, we got to so this. So what we wanted to do this year is either I play in one whole, one club, which I, th- I still think will be cool, and we got to kind of start that again. Which club?
1: Because, which club's that? Nine iron or? Oh, sorry, I'm sorry.
0: No, uh, if I seven maybe or see the thing for me i think i would take a sand wedge and the reason being because most people are like seven eight iron i think i could do an eight iron the problem is i'm not too worried about the distance aspect because the way i look at it is most of your shots are are close to the hole i can put with a sandwich pretty good because you just blade it and just kind of hit you just get it rolling with the bottom of the club but if i get anywhere on the green side and i don't have a lofted club and i'm trying to take an eight iron and like Pack, like, stab it out. The best I'm going to do is scoot it through the grass and, like, run into the fringe. So, which is fine, but you could also end up running into the grass again. So, everything's a bump and run, and you sure. don't have as much control, especially when you have tight lies or tight, like, the green's tight, um, where you don't have a lot of green to work with. So, I even looked at that, like, give me a 500 yard par five. I can still hit the green in five shots. Right. So, for me, it's like, I'll hit the green on five shots. I know it's going to be, like, straight down the middle on five, and then I two put for a seven. Like, Matt would have no, a hard time making a seven out a par five. Like, here's
1: the question for you: Do you think you could beat Matt with you know sand wedge through nine iron? Any picking any one of those clubs?
0: Sand wedge, pitching wedge, nine iron.
1: Do, do you think you could beat him with any one, any iron? You know, three through uh, nine. You could pick any one and, and take. That would be
0: good. Like if Matt said, "Take a three iron," and I could only play with a three iron. I think I could do okay because I'm. I think I could think my way around the course enough. Yep. Yeah. My problem, again, would be not the putting. It would be the chipping. Because if I right. imagine if I hit into a greenside bunker. Yeah. Like, how am I getting... I'm not good enough to, like, turn... I mean, I would turn it down, and I would, like, chop underneath it to kind of, like, plop it up. But then again, I could miss it out a like half an inch, and I could fly it over the green 100 yards. True. So, like, you gotta... I think the higher the loft, the harder it would be. So if I was Matt playing me, and I could... I would actually say, Matt, pick one club out of my bag, excluding... Pick one... Oh, you my bag. Like, I don't want to, I'm not going to take my wood because, and I'm not going to take my putter. Like, pick anything in that regard, I'll play you. That may be what we do and just say, you get to pick the club. That'd be good. And see what he picks.
1: That would be good.
0: Maybe that would be a fun, like, little caveat. Is, like, he could pick any club in my bag that I can pick, except a driver, three wood, or putter. Just to be fair, I'm not obviously putter. And my I would never do my driver because, like, yeah. you're literally just, like, punching it down the fairway. And that- Maybe.
1: Maybe. He- <laughs> Well, I'll, I'm thinking for the for the hype video, you guys got to do something too. I mean, you know, you've put on a little weight, Galen, and you've already told me that. I don't thick, think you're ashamed about th- it. Thick, thick, bro. I mean, I, was, if, I hit over two. If you put on a little bit more, you and Matt could square up just like they do in MMA, and we'll do one of those. And
0: so Matt would, if Matt and me were the same size at any size, Matt would kill me. Matt used to do uh, Brazilian j- jiu jitsu. Oh, I saw. Him. He used to be a beast.
1: He said, "Yeah, he." I saw the his picture on sp- Facebook of the Spartan Race. Yeah, he was a beast.
0: Well, there was, there's a couple. He'll have to show you. There's a video of him like actually wrestling with a highlight reel. Really? And Matt was pro- – Matt, I think he said he was – he has some different weight classes, but he was about 190, 200, somewhere in that range, and like pretty cut up, like you know, pretty lean dude at that, at that weight. Um, but we always joke, like we're trying to get Matt back down to like 250. I think if Matt, if Matt was 250, he would be like solid. Like you'd be right. like, that's just a, like a thick guy, not like – heavy but thick and he'll do it we're gonna we're gonna peer pressure him enough that he'll do it but i think for golf no matter what if you give me and matt at like even 150 which matt would be basically like nothing to him at 150 i think he would still take me
1: yeah yeah he's a beast he's got that farmer it's in his blood yeah yeah
0: he's got he's got farmer strength and plumber hands Tough.
1: it's tough too though when you when you have a girlfriend and or or a wife and, and you're in Matt's case, it's just it's tough to really find that why.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? We we uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get. I actually have visited Matt the other day for the first time. At not first time, first time at his house. So I show up and Sarah's there, his wife, and who's phenomenal. She's awesome. And we go up and his her two parents are there. And I, like I walk in, I'm like, yeah, I'm good friends with Matt. And I'm like, well, actually, probably not really good friends because I've never been here. And this was the first time I went to Open Gate. And it was actually a really cool place. They have, like, animals everywhere. I've been there once. It's, it, it's amazing.
1: It's everywhere. Like, when I walked in, there was a chicken on the couch, and I was like, "What the, what's that guy doing there?
0: I, I didn't go inside, but there was about, I said, what do you have, like, 15 chickens? She goes, No, oh, like, 30. And there was probably, like, 20 walking around the table, just pecking <laughs> at, like, eating sunflower seeds. There's surely the pig is, like, the size of my couch. It's huge. Yeah. And they have a bunch of, like say piglets but like i thought shirley was like the size of those pigs like shirley's a massive yeah massive uh female pig i don't know what they call female pigs but
1: i don't know either but she's i think she's gonna be sausage soon apparently because she's had so many litters she um she's not good for like all different cuts like pork chops and bacon she's got to be pure sausage
0: Really, a certain that, way? That's what that's what Matt told me. Just you know, whatever for whatever reason. I gotta ask Matt like how we learned all the farming stuff. Oh I, my god, yeah. But neither of us, neither of the families are farmers. No,
1: I don't. I think that Sarah's family's from a very rural area. Yeah,
0: but I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they're farmers or not. I mean, she's like incredible. Yeah, like she's like she knows everything. And she's like, yeah, we had a pigs, and I like, no, we delivered the pigs. I'm like, what? Like, just blows my mind the amount of stuff they have up there. But it's actually a pretty cool functioning farm. They got solar panels everywhere. it's it's, it's legit. Um, so Nick, what, like, what's, what's a normal, like day in the life of Nick Bracey? Like oh. guy wakes up, guy, guy does his like great hair. Like what else? What oh we have my goodness. On? You growing no. your hair out too a little, right? I
1: did. I woke up this morning, dude. I had a massive zit on my nose. You
0: probably see it right now. I can't, but now you pointed wait, it wait. out. We're just going to focus on it.
1: Oh wait. it was like a middle school <laughs> size zit, dude. I, I think it was because of the humidity lately, but I mean, we, Megan and I just moved into that place downtown that I, I just got and. We only have one small AC, so we've had to sleep. On, we can't sleep in our room. It's, I mean, it, there's no insulation on the fourth floor, so we, we've been sleeping on the couch, and it's just the humidity, man. So I, I woke up with like the biggest that I've had in five years. And she popped it for me. And, is, she, is she a pimple popper?
0: She, I think most girls are, dude. I yeah, mean, I was going I don't know why, but like girls, are like yeah, pimple. I'm like I'm, <laughs> that. That grosses me out. <laughs>
1: grosses me out too, but. Yeah, but besides that, Galen, I'd say I'd say I'm a bit of a simpleton, man. I mean, I used before the gym's closed. I I used to work from like eight to five, go to the gym from five to six. You know, more for my mental health than my physical health. I just think it, you know, it clears your head. So, and then after that, watch some TV. Um, Not really a gamer or anything like that. You know, eat a meal, watch some TV, go to bed. Friday, Saturday night, you can probably guarantee that I'm gonna have eight to ten drinks. (laughs) That's <laughs> that's it. That's how I it is. What, Maybe more.
0: What what uh so if you if you go um like are you you said you don't watch a lot of sports or you do? I do. I
1: wa- I watch a lot of NBA and a lot of NFL. I love college basketball. And then after that it's kind of just like enough so you know some sports center so I, I don't I can talk about it with buddies and other people but I, that's about it. I, I love the NBA and I love uh, college basketball. So
0: are you like, a, are you like one of those sports guys? You like talking about sports, like like, like being in, knowing the players, knowing like the leagues.
1: It's yes and no. Or is
0: it more like conversational piece? It,
1: it's a conversational piece for sure. But I I do like sports. I like playing them, but it's I think that if you never played a sport, or it, especially if you didn't play it at like a, a reasonably high level, it's going to be hard for you to really get into it. But. It is it is almost a a necessity as a networking piece, I think, in this day and age. It's crazy.
0: Like I used to watch a lot of Sports Center. Like any kid did. I played a lot of sports growing up and then it just got to the point getting busy and like having kids. Like Oh my God. If I put Sports Center on now, it's like a treat. And and Saturday (laughs) I put Sports Center on for a few minutes. Like every once in a while, if it's like a Saturday morning and we're just around the house, whatever, and the kids are playing and we're doing stuff, like I might pop it on just like in the background, like to just I don't know know, why I'm picking up breakfast or whatever. So I'll watch it. And then I ended up putting Golf Channel on because I like golf. And then I was watching that a little bit. And then I went to soccer because apparently it was like the final day. I love soccer, played it, coached it, did all that. But I don't really follow soccer that much. And I guess it was the final day of uh, the EPL, English Premier League. And they had like 10 games going on simultaneously. So like Golf Channel was hosting soccer. Really? Because it was an NBC channel. Disappointed or? No, it was fine. I Actually, I switched the game that that was on. Because I realized they were all on, and I turned it to the Man U game, which was, um, I think, on NBC. I love again. I love soccer, but it was kind of cool because they're playing in an open stadium, so they actually they actually have crowd noise playing over like the intercoms. But there's nobody in the stands, so it's kind of trying to have the effect. But it sounds like you would see like a summer league soccer game. Obviously, professional players, but like they're just talking like you would hear in a game. So everybody's just chattering, and you're just That's calling for cool. the ball. Yeah, so you get to hear the stuff that you would never hear.
1: One yeah, one thing I've always wondered with sports, especially in, in basketball, but all sports obviously, is the shit talking that goes on. You, you really want to know what they're saying to each other because, you. I wonder if it's just real generic stuff, a lot of the same stuff every game, where they're getting specific and creative. I
0: don't know. Have you YouTubed? Have you ever YouTubeed trash talking? No, I haven't. So some of these guys are hilarious because people will like slow them down and they'll like put the captions over and you can hear what they're like in their mouth what they're saying, and they're like. I mean they're professional athletes, but they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're all competitive. They're right. like uber. Com- I mean they're—they're they're like all alpha male competitive people, and they're just jawn at each other. And the prop like, did you watch the Michael Jordan documentary? I haven't yet. Okay, I've been told it's good. Okay, so it's phenomenal. So they basically went back to the Bulls um, in the '90s, and obviously Michael Jordan was 80% of the focus, but they focused on other players too. So he's traditionally the best trash talker ever like really like in sports history like who's the best trash talker to like tag or uh t- tagger woods best trash talker is uh michael jordan so there was one scene and to the point where like you can find stuff of him like there's one clip i saw and i think he was john at actually i forgot who's john at he went and said something like this one's for you and he closed his eyes at the foul line and took a foul oh, shot oh yeah, with yeah. No, like with his eyes closed and made it And I forgot who it was. It wasn't Charles Barkley, but it was someone back then, maybe Kevin Garnett or something, and who was also, I guess, historically a good trash talker. So Michael Jordan, in the documentary, this isn't going to ruin it for you because it was like one scene out of like 600, but he, uh, he called it one game where this kid, who was a rookie, was playing in a game against him, and they had a home and away game meaning they played the first night at the Bulls. They flew, I think it was to Washington, and they played the same team the next night at their home court. So a home and away series. And this guy was a rookie. Scored like 20-something points in the Bulls the night before. I don't even know if the Bulls lost the game. They might have won the game. And then somebody said to Michael about, or the rumor was that someone asked him about this player, and I don't remember the player. So the next day... He said something about this player like saying something to him about this player saying something to Michael Jordan and he's like he said it to the media and he's like I'm going to take this kid out so like, the next day the kid scored like 6 points and Jordan dropped like 40 on this guy yeah. cuz he like guarded him one on one then the rumors came back and Michael they asked Michael about it now like this is you know 30 years removed and like yeah do you remember that game and he's like yeah and like you don't even know this player anymore he goes so he said this he goes is that true that he said it? he goes no, he never said that. He goes, I just had to put like this is Michael Jordan saying this. He goes, I had to put stuff in my head to make me competitive. So like he like almost like thought that into his subconscious that this guy actually said something to him as a rookie of like <laughs> I dropped 20 something on you or the not him but the Bulls. Yeah. And like John and Michael Jordan, he never said it. Like this guy's never said anything, but he used it the next day to go out and score 40 and shut this kid down. And you're, like that's like psychotic, like. But that's the competitive it's, nature it's of these true, guys. true, man.
1: It, yeah, they're uber competitive. You you said it right. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I was. Once you said Michael Jordan was the best, I mean, I'm sure if I watch the documentary, that's. I'm sure he's he's definitely one of the best. I've heard that about other people though, and obviously, Conor McGregor recently, man. I mean, he's he's up there.
0: Do you watch MMA?
1: A little bit, just you know, when when there's a big fight. Mostly, it'll be like one of my buddies who, who tries to get me hyped for it and like explain it to me. And it catches me up, and then I'll be like, oh, yeah, because I do like watching it. I mean, it's – I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just human nature to, to, like, watching people fight each other. But
0: I I love MMA. Like, I know MMA because I listen to, like, podcast guys that like MMA, and then I kind of get through it through them. I don't know all the guys, but I know enough now where if I was to watch a main, like, a a pay-per-view, I would know a couple of the, the guys fighting. So, like, I get into it. I haven't missed a McGregor fight in like five years.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. He's. Just, but the best part is the trash talk. It's just hilarious. I mean, just He gets in people's heads big time. He's good when, at it.
0: When he fought um, Jose Aldo and he knocked him out in 13 seconds, yeah. like you know that Jose Aldo at the time, who was like phenomenal at that weight division, just was like psyched out. Oh, yeah. Like just like legitimately got psyched out. It was so crazy because Jose Aldo looks old. He's like a couple years older than me or he's my age he's not that old like he's so at the time he was like late 20 he was probably like a year or two older than you he looks much older i thought i thought he was like in his well into his 30s at the time yep. so but it's just funny and then even when they did the uh the mayweather fight did you watch that yes i did that was huge you couldn't miss that so so like i, I watched that i was i was hyped to watch all the like the, the pre-game like i got into it and like i was rooting hardcore for connor oh me too yeah. and that one like he what was crazy is he actually won a couple rounds Yep. but then you also have to think too like did he win those rounds or was that floyd kind of like just well, toying with him? i don't know that man that it's, was
1: that was frustrating to but he watch. had the
0: uppercut at one point that that like you no offense like that could have knocked floyd out oh, yeah. so he wasn't he obviously it's, wasn't like letting him hit him so
1: it, it's just crazy That i mean that was that was definitely a crowd pleaser a, a money maker but it was because what i remember from that fight Floyd was just showing Connor his neck, and Connor could not help himself. He just had to punch him in the neck. And the judges—half the fight was just the judges saying, "You can't punch him in the neck."
0: Well, well the other thing too is when Floyd kept turning his back, because like in MMA, yeah. if you turn your back, you're getting whacked in the head. Oh, yeah. And then he, so he kept like he <laughs> kept like going at him, and then he kept just turning his back, because as soon as you turn your back, you can't hit him from behind. So right. then it's like, so Connor would go, and they kept breaking it up, and he was arguing yeah. like, "Dude, the guy keeps turning on me." And I think that was smart on Floyd's part because he kept taking him out of his game and kind of got him rattled because any other boxer would have just, like, pushed him aside and said whatever, you know. But um, it's just crazy when you think about that because he was like, I've never seen a boxer turn his back to anybody. So here he is fighting an MMA guy, and he's just turning his back. So, I mean, he obviously had coaching.
1: What was the weight difference there? I can't even remember it. They
0: fought at one. uh,
1: They weren't the same weight, were they?
0: No, they didn't. they both had to make the the weight, but I think they fought at one fifty five. Oh, okay. So Connor's really bad at one forty five. He looks like uh, uh, famished. Initiate, yeah, yeah, he's very tiny. If you get him at one seventy, which he, his last fight he fought um against Cowboy uh Cerrone, he was one seventy, but he was like like he was like walking around at one seventy, so he looked thick. And I think they fought at one fifty five, which actually, I mean, Connor's a bigger dude, so like. Like Floyd didn't really have to cut much. Like Connor cut down, made it, and then of course you blow up after that. So Connor was way bigger. So and obviously younger and like and Floyd is, you know, not he's you know, he's older, so he's obviously not punching as hard as he was back in the day. But he's more of a defensive boxer anyway. So it's it was it was a cool fight. Um, the one I'm the next pay per view I'm gonna buy is the Tyson fight.
1: What's I heard? So
0: Mike Tyson's fighting, I think it's Roy Jones Jr. They're both coming out of retirement to fight, <laughs> and supposedly the pre-fight, like the prelims for it. You remember Nate Robinson? Yes, the basketball player. Yes, is fighting like, um, is it Jake? Jake Paul? One of oh, those YouTube guys.
1: Yeah, those. See, I like those fights because they're because I think they're even more exciting because there's more there's more of a a chance of somebody landing a big haymaker or something like that. Yep.
0: I'm surprised they don't do more celebrity fights. Yeah,
1: like if guys legit want, like that's up and coming. That's have, that's gonna be big soon, man.
0: Like, have you ever seen the Rough and Rowdies? The barstool Rough and Rowdies? A couple, yeah. But that, that's like that's like freaking like Tommy Two Teeth fighting like exactly you know, J- Jimmy uh, Jimmy from the trailer park, and they go out and like fight, and like that's like that's what Rough and Rowdy is, and they have these little like promo videos of these two people that that's like precious
1: man. That's... That's awesome. Like
0: I've gotten actually one of those pay-per-views and it's just wild. And yeah. like Portnoy is there and they're fighting out in the crowd and it's just, it's a time. But if they could get legitimate people that, I mean, train, not like just like threw them out there, but legitimately trained. Like I know the, um, the guy who does Rocky movies. Um, it's not Michael, Michael B. Jordan, the, the actor. He plays, oh yeah. Plays Creed. Like obviously he, he's a good boxer. Look, like he got into boxing shape for boxing and he trained like a boxer. So I'm, I'm sure he's got some type of. Maneuvering, like if you were to put him in with somebody else that was a fairly good, uh, like Mario Lopez, who was uh, AC Slater back on Saved by the Bell. I don't know if you know him at all. So he was really big into boxing at one point. Like, I'd have those two guys fight in a charity match. Like, that would actually be a good event. that would be awesome, yeah. Because they both have back, a boxing background. But- yeah,
1: they got to start asking everybody to fight each other, man. That's especially during COVID. That's a great Friday or Saturday night you order, something like that. You have your boys over and you don't need to go out to the bars.
0: But. <laughs> you can have the eight to 10 beers right there. That's crazy. What, what, uh, what, so did you watch the, uh, the celebrity golf match then over COVID? No,
1: didn't watch that either. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of like you, man. I, I'm not, I don't have a family, so I'm not as busy as you. I know I'm not as, probably not many people in Plattsburgh are as busy as Galen Trombley, but I, um, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know what it is, but at the end of a hard day, it's just, it's kind of like, I like doing something mindless, but So I don't, I don't like follow a lot of stuff real closely. It's more I just scatterbrained by the end of the day.
0: So, so for COVID, were you working at the office at all at the house?
1: Well, I I can't legally I can't respond yes or no to that because we weren't essential business. So no, but the uh,
0: but like for COVID, did you have a lot of time off and stuff? Like I mean, in a sense,
1: I never I never took a day off. We we worked right through it. So
0: you had stuff the whole time. Yeah, because I mean, some people I tried to do some stuff. I mean, I did stuff. Um, and I actually thought I actually had less free time over the quarantine than I thought I was going to have. So I was like, this. I was actually looking forward to it. I'm like, listen, I'm going to get like a month to do nothing. Which not nothing in the sense of like sit around and watch TV, but it was like nothing. Like I wanted to learn to play guitar. I wanted to do like I wanted to do some house projects. Like I yep. just wanted time not to have like really responsibilities so I could do all this other Be stuff. Be creative. Yeah. Yeah. And I I started to. I had a couple weeks, and then it was like in a couple weeks, meaning like I had like an hour to two hours at night, and that yeah. was it. Because. My day was not between kids and like if I wasn't working, I was with kids, so it was like it wasn't a lot of like free time at that that point. But um, it was it was different. It was fun in senses because I I got a lot of family time. Yeah, but I wish I would have had a little bit more, like you said, kind of creativity. But times I could really hang out and and do you know just projects. I re I re like I put um, outlets through my entire house. Like that was a big project for me at the time because I'm not very handy.
1: I saw I saw one of your posts and it made me it made me laugh. It was a you reposted maybe a Twitter post that said something like me and my wife play this game during COVID. It's called you're not you're not supposed to do it like this and nobody wins. Do you remember that one? I, I might have I, yeah. I, I thought that was hysterical because the-
0: it <laughs> there's a few of the, yeah there's there's a few like when, when you're uh it's also you spend a lot of time with your spouse and you wonder like do you get through covid when you're with each other all the time because i saw some good parodies on that but it's so true because you're just oh my god you're just with them all the time uh, so it's like
1: i was just thinking about my parents too and you know just a lot of relationships and it, my dad my dad will be like what? he'll he'll take the dishes out of the dishwasher and reload them because because my mom didn't put them in it as you know didn't put as many in as she could yeah i was like what who cares man at least she's doing it i
0: well it's kind of like so the other day i was cleaning dishes out and my wife will vouch for this she's not the best dishwasher she's uh <laughs> she's one that does it fast but maybe doesn't get all that's the stuff me on that's the me yep. okay so she's she's from the the nick racy school of dishwashing <laughs> and uh she uh I started pulling out some dishes. I'm like trying to put them back, and I'm like, "Gene, did you even wash these? Because there was like spots in the like." So of course, me, who's like very like OCD with that stuff, like I, I end up cleaning it because I'm like, I no, I'm not putting something that has like a little bit of food or like I can't <laughs> like if you like two of the things I hate most in life is grease. I hate grease, like greasy food, <laughs> greasy like. My problem is it. If grease gets on anything, you can't get it out. So if it gets That's on clothes, you might as well just throw your clothes out. That and glitter. I hate the two things. I hate both.
1: Well, you have two boys, right? So you shouldn't have two oh, I got a mo- boy and a girl. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah.
0: So so the glitter, like if I get a card and it has glitter in it, not for me. Yeah. That's not. I like, hear you, man. That freaks me out. I get glitter in my hands. I have, I have a PTSD from, uh, I remember when I was a kid, at my parents' house had kind of like this like windowsill kind of thing that you could like sit on or whatever. So I ended up laying down on it. I probably have laid on that in my life five times ever. So it wasn't like a normal place like I would like lay down or nap. So they had a pillow. My sister had like, she had a bunch of glitter and it spilt all over this. I wasn't really paying attention. It might have even been dark in the room. I went and laid down. I woke up and I had glitter all down my face. After waking up, and it like stressed me out because I just don't like glitter.
1: And that's how it all started. I think
0: so. And I don't know why I still remember that, but I can't. Glitter is not my thing. It's just like 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 you know what I'm talking. Like if you get grease on your hands, yeah,
1: I. Are, I don't know what it is for me. I probably something like that, you know. I like to get grease off my hands too. I don't know. I don't know if I have a phobia of
0: it. but It's like a texture. I don't thing. like
1: it on my hands. No.
0: Like if I'm eating like pizza or something, that guy's got a Montreal Expos hat down there walking. I appreciate that. Sweet, sweet. That right there, that just made my day. <laughs> so baseball, Montreal Expos, big fan. So if they're gonna come back one day. I'll be, I'll be pumped. Oh, I used to
1: go to some of those games. Yeah.
0: Did you? Yeah, I just
1: most of the game I just walked up the down escalator, but. Um,
0: yeah no those were good so he has the the black like i don't it's not even an alternate hat it's just a black hat they never wore that um the uh so speaking of nba have you seen the bubble yet that they're playing in nothing so the nba they're all down in disneyland and i was watching nba countdown the other day i think it was on like saturday at like eight or nine o'clock at night and it was like one of those things like let me just put sports on and I wanted to see, and they showed practice games. And so basically, they have these generic courts, so like the NBA logo on it. There's no crowd. They have all these, like the people that are working that are, like, you know, they usually have the people at the tables. They're all there, like, separated, or whatever. You have the players, but there's no crowd. And I think there's three courts. So they just play games all day. So there's like four, four games a day yep. on all the courts. And they just bounce around. And not every team is there. So it's like the top 22 teams, because I think it's like, they took off from who was in who was in playoff contention from
1: last yeah. season. Is that right? Yep. I th- now that you mention, it, I think I have seen a little bit of that.
0: And, yeah. But they're not allowing anybody out. So if you think about it, the NBA playoff I think starts in August, but it's a two month playoff. So they're basically staying staying there from like June first or whenever they reported July first maybe to October. I think they said thirteenth was the actual NBA finals, like games whatever seven maybe. So you're talking like four or five months. That they can't leave this compound, so like no family, no friends, like yeah, just your teammates. Which might be cool because some of them, I'm sure, are buddies with each other. Because like you probably could go see other teams, like your friends on the other teams. So it's either gonna be really cool for those guys, or it's gonna be like you're like one of those loner guys on the team. And you're like I can't save my life right now.
1: What well, did you watch? Um, have you watched
0: Better Call Saul by any chance? I've watched. How many seasons? I, I th- there four. I think there's four. I might have watched the first or watched portion of the first. Well, I,
1: well, they have to they have to build this big underground compound, and they it's got to be secret. So all these engineers have to stay in this, and it's kind of like that. And they go nuts, and they start they you know they they just can't do it, but they they must be able to they must be able to associate with other people besides MBA people somehow, right? I mean,
0: they're not supposed to leave the 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 place, and a couple of them that leave, you have to. I think they said Zion Williams, who's like a good basketball player, and he uh, he I think left for like personal reasons, like family reasons, and supposedly he was tested every day he was gone. Yeah, they all came back negative. He came back to the arena and tested, came back negative, and they're still making him take a four day quarantine before he can even join oh, wow. his teammates. So it's like super, like I mean, it's it's very thorough. But then, like, the MB, uh, the MLB just started, and the Miami Marlins, I guess, <laughs> like, they just, like, didn't... Three guys tested positive, and they just kept playing. Like, Jeez. they tested positive one time where they should have been, like, kicked out, and they ended up just, like, going out on the field the next day and playing. And now there's this big, like... Uproar. Uh, yeah, uproar, because, like, is this going to end the season now? These guys went, did all this work to get to the season. This right. team's just, like, <laughs> we're just... We're just gonna play.
1: Yeah, it it probably depends a lot on the you know the who the commissioner is. Or the commissioner is. I know uh, for the NBA, Adam Silver. He seems like a you know just a class A type of guy where he's like just super on top. Did, of Did he stuff. play basketball? I don't know. He he looks like he didn't play any sport
0: from. Yeah, he's kind a skinny, look. oh nerdy God. looking dude. Not
1: not the best looking guy you've ever looked at, but he's he's definitely an impressive human being.
0: I think he's done a good job. You gotta oh think God, NBA yeah. is is probably the fastest growing sport. I see. Fast, of the major sports, you know, yep. you are talking baseball and hockey are kind of on semi-decline. NFL obviously is popular, but the NBA I think has had the, the biggest spike.
1: I think so. I, I, last time I know it's top three most popular sports in the world. I thought actually, I think I looked it up, and cricket was like way more popular than I ever imagined. Oh
0: yeah, I think I'd, soccer, rugby, and cricket are the top three. I believe it. And then <sighs> basketball because basketball is very popular in Asia too. Right. So you know, you get a lot of people over there. So I think if they're playing. Um they're playing basketball I, I think part of it is the global reach of basketball and I also think that basketball the culture of basketball trans- translates a lot younger that's meaning true. um you know whether it's NBA shoes or fashion or music or whatever that's true I think a lot of that ties into like the young social media demographics so yep. then you're getting a lot of these kids that are you know resonating with all these athletes at a younger age and then because the NBA, I'll be honest, like when I was growing up, the NBA, I was like in that span where the NBA really wasn't doing much because the Jordan era really was before my time. Like, yep. I mean, I was alive during all of it, but I wasn't like really watching basketball. And I was a huge LeBron guy, but LeBron came in the league, I think in 2004. So if you take taking this perspective, like you have basically since Jordan left and then through like 2010, he had a little bit of LeBron, but then it started like, I think 2010 to 2020 really spiked, you know, right. with, with, uh. Jordan really, t- or not Jordan, LeBron kind of taking over, but then, um, like, the Golden State Warriors, and then you have, you know, um, James Harden and all these guys. And I remember James Harden was an Arizona State Wildcat. Oh, yeah.
1: Remember? I can't yeah.
0: believe you remember that. Yeah. yeah, but this was, like, a long time ago when he was, they're like, man, this guy's really good. He plays for, like, Arizona State. Like, I've yeah. I mean, I've heard of him, but they're not, or Sun Devils, not Wildcats, Sun Devils, I think. I'm like, they, they don't do, they're not, uh, that big of a sports school at least for basketball and he was really good and i think he made like first team all all american and then he ended up going to the nba and he kind of like bounced around and now he's like a freak like he's one of I the best know. players and isn't um who's the other guy that's really good um number he plays for the clippers now
1: a Leonard. yeah Kawhi yeah. leonard
0: like he played for san antonio and he was like pretty good but he wasn't like the star player then he just kind of took off yeah, they, I think
1: they did win a. He did win a chip with San Antonio, but he played at, I don't know. Do but you know? he was
0: like still with Duncan and Tony Parker at the time in Mono Ginobili. I That's think They true. were still playing at that time. But
1: I thought he got. I thought he got MVP of um, playoff MVP. He could have, but I don't know for sure. I can't remember
0: because he ended up like. He, he was one of those guys, like, I kind of knew him, and then all of a sudden it was, like, he was the top five player well, in the league now.
1: He, he's known for shying away from media attention, and he was just, he, he was an amazing defender, which may be the best in the... Where did he play college? I want to say San Diego State or something like that. Oh, really? Some, somewhere in California for sure.
0: San Diego State is, like, a major mid-major.
1: Yeah, he didn't play, he didn't, it wasn't, he didn't play anywhere spectacular. I, I want to say San Diego State, but I'm not positive. Uh,
0: who was the other team down there? San Diego State, and there was um, it was another small school out in California that were really good. Whew. Was it um, what the heck? San Diego State was one of them. It it wasn't um, it wasn't Pepperdine. It it was. There was another school out there, and they were always like one, two in their league. It was almost like when Gonzaga or Butler play. Like you knew Gonzaga was going to be like one of the top right. teams because there's a couple teams out wet, like in the Western area that were
1: there's Brigham Young and, I don't and it wasn't
0: know. them. It was, man, nah, it's not important I guess. Yeah. But but San Diego State always played another team and they were always one two and they were like they were the school that would go thirty and two on the season and be number ten ranked, but they had kind of a weak schedule exactly. Um, but lately, obviously Gonzaga and Butler have had big runs over the last handful yeah. of years. So yep, that's I, they beat Syracuse. Is that why?
1: I I don't know I don't think uh, Syracuse played them recently I don't I can't remember
0: but what years were you at Syracuse My
1: first year at Syracuse I think it was 2015 Syracuse went to the Final Four That was okay this was, and that was nice. awesome That was absolutely awesome Just to, It's like I relived undergrad for that year just because the, the campus was popping off But did,
0: did you go to a lot of the games
1: Oh yeah Yep big time Yep we My dad came to visit a couple times My brothers came to visit. I remember uh, when my dad was sleeping in my bed, and I was sleeping on the floor in my my little law school dorm room. And the fire alarm, I was like, "There's no way." <laughs> I was like, "There's no way it's humanly possible to sleep through this fire alarm." And it was going off at like four thirty, but he, my dad, slept right through it. That's
0: it. <laughs> he went hard. The, oh yeah, uh, big time. So when when uh, how was a Syracuse basketball game? Because I've never been.
1: They're awesome. The one the one thing that you know um their coach can tell possible recruits is they're they're gonna play in front of the biggest crowd in college basketball every year they set the attendance record that's crazy b- except for the um the ncaa tournament but they always i think when they play like nova or duke they usually have like 35 people there because they're playing in their football stadiums so.
0: do do so they bring in like they obviously bring in like um portable seats or whatever like the bleachers
1: Nope, they don't. They just they they play in their football arena. I think it fits about fifty thousand. So but they, don't they play on? Oh, one they side do. Of it? Yep. They they block half of it off, and they just but, so there's one small small uh, bleacher section they bring in.
0: And uh, so I'm wondering if they'll ever play a game just dead center of the field, like you'd see, like when they play that. You know, when they play at uh, Dallas Stadium, right. Cowboy Stadium, like they put, like they'll they'll just bring in a bunch of seats to fill in. I think and they have a hundred thousand people there.
1: If they yeah, if they if they got a a game that was super high profile. I know, I mean, when, when I went to um, the game where Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett and uh, Cam Radish, those, you know... From the Duke. Way, yeah, from Duke. I went to that game. I think a couple of them were injured, Trey Jones and stuff, and there was like 36,000 people there, but you would think of any game that would be the one where it's like you need to...
0: So they weren't, the big guys weren't playing in that game?
1: No, I, I think it was just R.J. Barrett and Radish and um, the other two were injured.
0: Like my, my college basketball... I'm not a huge Syracuse guy. Like, if I was, my top favorite, my top team growing up, two of them was Notre Dame. I'm a big Notre yep, Dame guy. Like yep. I like Notre Dame football, but I loved basketball. And I used to watch. I mean, back in like the early 2000s, I watched probably every basketball game that Notre Dame had on TV, which was quite a bit actually back then. And Duke, and Duke was my. I love Coach K, and I started watching them, like the Jay Williams, Carlos Boozer, Chris Dunleavy, um, yep. Chris Duhon, like that that time frame which was also um right before and this is before um uh not not a oh my god what's his name kind of like a bald head kind of semi dark complexion he was a he was a good player too he ended up playing for uh oh man if you said his name i'd be like
1: Milwaukee Bucks was it someone on Jabari Parker or no no it was way
0: before Jabari it okay. was so this was back like early 2000s, like Jay Williams, okay. um, who was a stud back then, um, Carlos Boozer, Chris Duhon, um, Mike Dunleavy, and there's another guy, god darn it, I know, I could see. I literally can see his face, and he was, I think, an All-American, um, he was, I think, the oldest of the group, and then that was before Reddick. and then Reddick came probably oh, yeah. like, I don't know, like a handful of years later, and then even like when they won in 2010... I watched like I was big into him then at that time too, and that was when they had like uh, Nolan was his last name. He was a guard, and they had some good players at that point too. So like I just like grew up watching Duke. I love Coach K. I still do. Like I'm still Duke guy. So when the problem is Notre Dame and Syracuse were always Big East rivals, so I always root for Notre Dame in those games. And then they all went to the ACC. Yeah. So now they're all in the ACC. So I'm like. So anytime like Duke and Notre Dame play, I root for Notre Dame, and then if Syracuse plays either of them, I'm rooting for the other team. Right, and if Syracuse plays anybody but them, I'll root for Syracuse. So it's yeah. like that's my hierarchy of teams. No,
1: I mean people from a lot of people up here like Syracuse because of proximity, but I don't think you know they're not a huge market team out outside of New York. I don't think. Yeah, they're, they what they
0: really call them New, the uh, New York's team or something. like that? Yeah, New like York's
1: that. team. That's probably their marketing scheme right there.
0: Which is true. I mean, if you think about, I mean, you have some city schools like you have. I think Rutgers is from. I thought Rutgers was uh, was that jersey?
1: Jersey. And the, but they I mean Buffalo's solid. Um Saint St- sorry, St. John's is solid. St. John's is, is solid. Yeah. Um Bonaventure, I mean they they play um they play Davidson. That's where Curry Steph Curry played. Yeah. Um so there's some there's some other teams.
0: I mean I mean you'd even think like Albany, but Albany's not yeah, as big.
1: Vermont takes down Albany. but Vermont's actually the best team in their conference. They yeah. they've made the tournament two years in a Well, they won I think they would have made the tournament this past year if it had happened. And the year before that, they made it, and they lost
0: to it, Florida State, which was a tough matchup. I, I went and watched uh, – my sister went to Albany. I saw a basketball game at their stadium, but same thing. They bring like – they roll the bleachers out. So it's a lot like um, Patrick Jim. You know, They exactly. just kind of have like the old school bleachers that come out.
1: But it's, uh, it's, it's nice because you don't have to pay a lot of money, and you're right up close. So did you go to a lot of those games too? I went to one. I saw uh, – right before um, COVID hit. It was like a few weeks before I saw Vermont play Albany.
0: But when you were in school, did you go to a bunch at Albany? Um, or I mean, no. a, at uh, UVM? No.
1: Oh, and yeah, UVM. I did. Hockey was the sport there, you know. So at the gut.
0: Yeah, hockey. I've at never the been gut. to a hockey game. Really? Is that pretty fun there?
1: It's fun. Yeah, and I wasn't even a huge hockey fan. I just you know just the culture. So
0: so if you I saw this thing the other day again. On, I watch a lot of like I shouldn't say I don't watch a lot of TV. I watch a lot of YouTube because like at night when I'm just like winding down, like I'll go to bed. I like lay in bed for like a half hour and just like flip through different you like different things I saved throughout the day that I want to watch. And one of the like recommendations popped up, and it was uh, D D one hockey stadiums, and they compared the sizes. I think it was the top fifty, so it started like the fiftieth one, and it had like nine hundred people. Like talking about how many fans could right. fit in the arena, and it kept growing. So like if you looked at a uh, Union who won the D. The D one uh, was like called, Frozen Four, whatever they call it, national championship hand final five six years ago. They they were they had like twelve hundred or sixteen hundred fans that could go to the game, which is smaller than Plattsburgh State. Oh my god, yeah! And it was kind of cool that you start seeing these stadiums, and they had they had UVM on there, they had uh, Colgate, they had Clarkson, they had Saint Lawrence, and all these schools were on there. And then they started going to like the big like it started going, and I think the largest schools were like twenty five to thirty thousand people. And you're talking at that point, you're like University of Michigan and Ohio State University and these places that have massive arenas that probably were where the basketball arena plays too. And uh, Notre Dame was on there. And I remember seeing Notre Dame's facility, but they don't, I mean, they only... Notre Dame, I think, only had like 6,000 seats. It wasn't like a big stadium.
1: So it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily correlate with uh, their success there. How good they are, no. No. Now I know why you uh, were so good at trivia, because you're watching YouTube videos every night. Just random knowledge, man.
0: Oh, that's right. We were on the trivia team. Yeah. Yeah, that was great.
1: I was impressed with your trivia When we
0: went, uh, we went 10 for 10 on one, one category.
1: Yeah, that's great. I, I, I think I knew like two answers you the, did, whole, you, the you, whole night. The whole but night. But it was
0: on that one. That was a crucial one. Yeah, cause you got 10, out of ten. that's true. And I think it was like presidents or something. Which came, which is good. So you paid attention in like something in college <laughs> or high school. Yeah, uh, I, I like I like trivia. I like. Uh, were you ever like one of those guys like trivia and mind no, stuff?
1: I'm not good at I'm not good at trivia. I don't know for whatever reason. I I always was good at cramming in information for tests, but I don't I don't know. Like long term retention's not the. I don't know what it is, man. I'm just I'm not good at trivia. It's, I don't maybe I don't follow pop culture enough. Or
0: I. Like I like watching Jeopardy. I know a decent amount on Jeopardy, but it's it's one I have a fairly good is it long term memory? When I remember stuff from long ago, but like short term's terrible. Really? Like if you were to like, what'd you eat this morning? And like I like we walked in and Jordan's like, I'm like, yeah, that's all I ate today. I'm like, actually no, I did I think I did have something this morning. Like <laughs> that kind of stuff I'm terrible at. But if you were to tell me like stats or stuff from like 10, 15, 20 years ago, I'll probably know it. Yep. And it's it's weird how that happens, but i do like trivia i like puzzles i like games i like things that challenge like make you think yeah crosswords like i learned how to do a rubik's cube in high school just because i was like bored and just literally did it during class and then um there's a few other things like, but just like that sounds cool or that sounds like a cool little thing i like try to get my mind to work totally it's good to kind of keep your mind fresh
1: yeah i, I did the rubik's cube too can you fit it not anymore no did it and then it, it, i got sunburned on a cruise one time wicked <clears throat> Crazy sunburn. So I was stuck to my cabin for like three days. So that's, I just had an Rubik's Cube and I did it. Once I did it, I was like, that's sweet. And it was,
0: that's it. Did, did you have to like, did you like look it up and memorize all those turns and moves? I
1: think I had to, I think I had to look it up towards the end. I think it, it was just my, I, I was doing it so much, my hand movements it almost became like a yeah, mu- muscle, muscle memory. memory. And then at the end, I was stuck and I might have Googled something at the end, but for the most part, it was solve, solved by myself. So,
0: yeah, so when I did it, that's that's the thing. Like you're not even looking at it. I'm like well, you don't have to look at it because it's just pattern recognition. Exactly, it's patterns and then turns. So it's like if you recognize a pattern and you turn it, like I mean, the turn might take me seven or eight turns, but it's just like a it's like a pattern. So exactly, like, it's like left, right, this back. Like it, you got to really reinforce it. Yeah, reinforce, yeah. It and then you got to just sit there and make that turn pattern over and over and over again, just so the muscle memory's there. But that's half the time when I try to figure out the cube. Still, it's I figured out more because of I recognize the pattern, but then when I think about the movement, I can't. So mo- it's more of just letting my hands do muscle memory and just being like, okay, I still got it. Exactly. I can't think about it. But so my- you
1: can still do it then? I I
0: think so. <laughs> I think so. Here, go, go grab it if you can. Okay. You take, got take, it. take the headphones off. Let me see if I can still do this because it's – I think I can. Uh, do, do grab the small one. That that X one a client gave me, and I refuse to take it out because I will never – once that gets bro- once that gets broken, I'll never figure that out. So I uh, actually this doesn't stick as much as I thought it would. That's the other thing too. If you have a Rubik's cube that like gets sticky,
1: yeah. So it can throw you off.
0: Yeah, I mean this is good enough. Okay, so it looks pretty. I, I always love it when you tell people to mix it up and they literally try to get like every side different. I'm like, well, it's po- like impossible because there's six sides and there's twelve. Six, exactly. Six. So you can't you can't actually do that, but. Um, I think the fastest I did, it was probably, like, a minute 20. Wow. Um, but then it ended up, like, I can't do it that quick now. I'm not, not even close. But a lot of it is, like, let me see. I I know I can, hmm. Like, some of these, like, even, like, right now, I'm, like, I'm already kind of.
1: You, you look pretty good already, man. It's,
0: like. It, it's all pattern.
1: It looks like it's about halfway done already. Wow! No, it's not. Not. No. You don't think so? No,
0: no, no, no. I gotta do the whole second. So once you get the thing Thanks. is the way I do it is I do the top layer first, and then again it's with it's kind of funny because, like literally, I'm just like ripping off patterns through muscle Ex- memory. Right. Though. So it's not. I like,
1: don't know, yeah. You're bringing me back, dude. I'm. I, yeah, I know. And then at the end, though, it, at the end, it's the toughest. There, I there think, is a
0: little well, because like the first, the first two layers of this, they're simple. Like I, you, I think anybody in about ten to fifteen minutes of practice can figure out the first two layers. Where at least, and I'll, and I'll show you what I mean here, is that you have the basically the bottom two thirds of the cube completed exactly, and then yeah. it's, like you said, it's that last top layer that adds the most moves. So like right here, we're all ready to like the top part. Is all done Yep. and now i don't even know what that was what a minute minute and 30 seconds something like that so then it starts becoming like this top part which this is where the muscle memory aspect comes in because i'm like oh, actually i might have got it first right off and don't ask me how i still kind of know this so you get the x on top and this is always where i get the confused confused confusion part because the blue so these corners like that's the right corner and that's the right corner and then it becomes like Oh, oh, okay. I think I'm going to get it. Yep, yep. I'm going to get it. Okay. (laughs) So I guess to answer your question, yes, I still can figure it out. But it's not as good as – yeah, there you go. Wow. So the the, – I got lucky, though, on that because you know this – do you remember doing it at certain points if you hit a certain – if you hit a certain pattern – like you could sit there and do the same movement over and over and over again until the pattern gets broken. That's the part I don't understand enough about it, so I'll keep doing it. And you want to try it or you? No. I'm, you you there's know you No, did, you, know you can't. So it's done. Okay. So but there's certain parts where if you keep doing the pattern, you can figure it out eventually because it'll break down. But the other thing is if if you don't, like that one I got lucky because the two the two moves that take typically take longer opened up on the first move. So right. really that was like One of the fastest I'm probably gonna be able to do it. Where if if that that pattern is a little bit different, I could recycle that move probably two or three times, which just adds time. And then you know that could have been an extra 45 seconds, right? So or me, me screwing it up and starting back from start one. So there there is a so I guess I can still figure it out, which is cool. But this is like something I've always wanted to do a couple times a week just to keep it like yeah because it's kind of a cool skill to have because you always find one and just do it and people are like oh my god you can figure it out even though once you know it it's not that hard right it's it's i don't know it's still pretty cool
1: man i'm very impressed
0: yeah it's the funny thing too is if you're trying to solve a rubik's cube whatever color is in the center that's the color that side has to be right because it's an axis it doesn't move so everybody's like trying like how do i get that middle one over there you can't like if you're trying to the middle color is yellow and all the ones around it are white you're on the yellow side right so exactly you got to move eight of them over to the yellow so that's i think what a lot of people don't don't really focus on in that portion of it but um yeah i don't know so like puzzles tricks little game things like that i always find they're interesting um, what kind of uh speaking of beer like what's your beer what kind of beer do we we drink oh on a... oh my god anything anything or are you just I, like whatever um,
1: uh, it's a means to an ends man i like wine champagne beer but i'd say uh
0: so you just like you just like like the beer. uh you just like the buzz like the
1: yeah i i like the seltzers too i i don't really like i mean i like vodka if i had to just drink one liquor straight probably just vodka honestly i think it sits in my stomach then almost nice
0: but my uh, i got some gray goose up there if you want some but great gray goose and club is like my drink or tito's and club really yeah. yeah but i got some wine i like uh i like wine wine's a dinner drink for me it's the only alcoholic drink I can have at dinner and feel comfortable drinking with.
1: Well, you, if you drink anything else, you're going to kill your appetite. Yeah. You know like, what I mean, if, you well,
0: I can, if I go to a restaurant and I'm gonna with people that want to drink during a meal, I can drink beer. I can drink mixed drinks. I can drink anything. As soon as the food comes out, I'm drinking water and eating. And then once I'm done eating, I'm kind of in the mode where I don't really feel like more booze. I feel like a coffee. Right. And, that, and unless I know I'm going to like turn it up with friends after for hours i won't really start drinking again because the food will just throw me off because i get i get really here. full and
1: well, it's, i think that too and i just i don't like anything but wine before a meal because then you're killing your appetite if you drink a beer then you're you know you're there for the food yeah if you drink a beer your stomach's all your stomach's Close full up. yeah
0: especially if you're drinking like anything that's heavier or ipas or stouts yeah. or like uh, even ales and stuff they they kind of settle. I mean, if you're drinking like if you're crushing like a, a Bud Light or something like that, like I mean, you're not you're, you'll be fine. You'll eat your meal, but it's it's all it's all the. Uh, I'm not I'm not a big light beer guy. Like I don't know. I just don't. I don't like I like Blue Light. I don't like Bud Light.
1: Blue Light's got the most spice, I think, out of the Big Four light beers. It's the got, Big Four is I, that is that McUltra like, and
0: uh, Miller?
1: Uh, I was thinking like Miller, Coors, Bud Light, and 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 Labatt Light, but yeah, Blue you can throw yeah. some other stuff in there, but. I'd say yeah, if if you if you lined up those four beers in front of me, and did a blind test, I don't think I'd be able to tell. Except I think I think mm-hmm. uh, blue I think,
0: light. I think I could tell blue light apart. Yeah, same here. And that's I think I, blue light and Miller. I could tell apart Bud. but I probably could tell Bud Light because I hate it. I'm not a Bud Light <laughs> guy. I don't like. I don't like Bud Light. i don't like Budweiser. I've never been. I don't know. Bud Light's just not my jam. But um, you know what's funny is when we said like the big four. That's such a like northern state thing to say That's because not everybody has like blue light so i remember oh, go, true i remember going down to albany my sister was in college and i was gonna go get beer and i was like what does everybody want for beer like i'm making one run we're just gonna get some and one of the <laughs> one of the kids gave me money he's like i'll take keystone and i'm like dude i'm not drinking keystone i'm saying i'm gonna get, I'm gonna get blue light <laughs> and they didn't know what blue light was i'm like i'm like labat blue and they're like yeah i've never heard of that i'm like what and I got it, and they loved it. But I'm like, how how do you? Which was funny to me because you're in Albany. I just yeah. thought everybody had it, but they don't. So blue light. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm sure bigger places probably have it.
1: I that makes me feel special, man.
0: That you know what blue light is. That yeah. That we have. Or we're lucky enough easy to have easy
1: access. It. Yeah.
0: Yep. And the funny thing though is when I go to Canada, I don't usually have Labatt. I'll have Molson. Right. And I don't know what it is. It's and even I, more Canadian. Than and Labatt. I don't even know if Molson is that good. It's just that's what sort of like. You get the hockey games. Like, you, I just That's get Molson at hockey games. And then, like, you know, or or you get these other, like, little offshoot things. But <laughs> when I go eat up in Montreal, like, I usually get a Molson. Or I'll get some variation of that. Right. Or yeah. some or some kind of, like, local, like, brewery up there.
1: Yeah. What about a Foster's? <laughs> That's an overlooked beer, so, Someone. You like that?
0: I don't know. So, I've never some, bought one of those. No, Foster's. I don't mind it, but some people don't like it. And I think I, I think, <laughs> they I don't think
1: drink they, those in Australia. Yeah, as I was gonna say, because I know a guy dream. from
0: Australia, and I think he told me that Foster's it's like not even like it's like a commercialized beer, but it's not even like their like main beer. Like you would think, it'd be like going to Mexico and being like Corona, and they'd be like, I mean, it's here, but we have like a bunch of really good local beers. So, um, and I love I love Corona. So yeah. I don't know if that's. Um, I mean Doseki's is is decent. Um, I like Corona better, but like Doseki's is good. I like yeah. I like
1: Dosekis. I um, I uh, I I went back to visit some college buddies in Vermont recently, and and um, you know you've drinking a heady topper before yeah from Alchemist Brewing Company. I whenever I go there, like which is rarely, but I I'll just get a four pack of those just because it brings me back. <laughs>
0: Do you, so you do like those? Oh, yeah. Heady toppers? Yeah,
1: I like, I, I like IPAs. I don't like anything that... I don't know. I don't like anything too sour. I like ho, a hoppy flavor, but I don't like... Don't get me sour. Don't get me really fruity. Just,
0: just hoppy. I, I had a sour one about a month ago from Foam Brewery. I didn't go to Foam and get it. It was in Burlington. And uh, the guy I was with had, had it, and it was actually really good. I'm not a big sour beer guy, uh, but I didn't mind that one. The... the uh, the thing I like about IPA is like if I'm – very rarely do I drink a lot of beer. So like it would be different like when I was in college and stuff. Yeah, like everybody's like just – you're drinking like you're pregame and you're going out. So you're drinking whatever. <laughs> like you're, you're drinking this thing that you could drink like 15 and not and not be like completely done. The problem is as you get older, those like days, they get numbered. So like for me, it's like, well, if I'm going out with some friends and we're having a drink, like I'll get a couple IPAs because you get like the quick buzz, but exactly. you'll get it in two drinks and then you're fine. and. So I always I always kind of I usually have the heavier drinks now because it's like I can only have about two exactly and then you get like I don't like anybody else like you like the little like the little buzz where you're like I feel kind of exactly. like loose and then um and I'm gonna wake up without a hangover and I love it I feel like I feel like a million bucks when you can be, get a little you know have a little buzz and then wake up the next morning and and get right at and it function
1: but. agreed man agreed 100 percent. yeah that's that's key I still have those nights where I, I go at the Bud Light but you know you never feel good in the morning there's
0: nothing i mean there's nothing wrong with that like if you're saying if you have the boys over and you're watching some sports or watching like a a fight i'm probably not slugging back uh slinging back like ipas (laughs) and all of a sudden you got like this pounding headache by two two a.m well like that that yeah that's more of like let's get a 30 rack of something and just go exactly
1: We've all met people who can who can pregame with the IPAs and keep going. all like just everybody's got one fabled friend who you're like, oh my god, this guy. I saw him drink six IPAs. He proceeded to drink, you know, a 30 pack of Bud Light. You're like, I, no
0: exaggeration, man. I had one friend. Um, this is this was man. It's about 10 years ago. <laughs> guy would finish a 30 rack by himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like you're talking like a case race, like everybody knows what a case race is, but this was a solo case race and he would just like out drinking. I'm like, I Yeah. Well actually So you know what a power hour is? Oh yeah. Okay. So the I've done one true power hour in my life. Needless to say, I think you end up drinking like six or seven beers in an hour. It's it's basically if people don't know what a power hour is, it's an hour. Every minute, usually play music or something, right? They have like a little... like the song change to notify you and... Every you, minute, you, right? Yeah. It changes. So every minute you, you have a solo cup and you fill it up to, I think it's the bottom line and that's a shot of beer. Right. Which is, I think, an ounce and a half. Right. So it's a shot of beer. So basically you're drinking an ounce and a half of beer every minute for 60 minutes. So you're thinking about it, like, you drink the first one, like this is... It's gonna take me twelve or not even twelve. It's gonna take me eight minutes to get through this beer. And you're like, okay, well, like, buckle up, like, get ready for the ride. Next thing you know, you get to like the thirty minute mark, and you're like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this. Yeah. And then you finish it, and I finished it, and I was proud, and uh, I was hammered. Like, I remember going to get food after, and like, I wasn't even knowing what I was put on my plate. Like, and uh, the guy that we were with, the guy that we were with is was a big man, big older guy, big dude, and he actually. We got to about 15 minutes and he goes, I hate power hour. It slows my drinking up. <laughs> this was a big, this was a big dude. And it was funny though, because when we got done and he stood up, he did a little stumble too. So he didn't fall over, but he was, you know, I, I think he, his legs got a little, uh, Bambi like underneath them. So, oh, yeah. but a power hour, man, that could punch you in the it, face. It
1: does actually a, a little known fact about me. Maybe not little known. Cause if you ask any of my buddies or,
0: or maybe, uh,
1: <laughs> Meg and or Ryan Chip. I don't know if you, uh, Mm-hmm. No Ryan, but did you go to school with those both of them? Yeah, Mag was a year younger than me, and I and Ryan was in my my grade. Okay. at PHS. But I can I think that I think honestly that if you took everybody, at least in the city proper, I'd be top five fastest beer chuggers. Really? Maybe number one. I just I I'd say number one, but I haven't you know I haven't raced. You haven't every
0: against everybody.
1: But I I. I've done like Maybe, I mean you'd be thoroughly impressed if are we I was talking like
0: seen. a shotgun beer or just like drinking. No,
1: just out of a cup. Like I, I probably Do you, have,
0: you have footage. Oh yeah, let me see. I got to see live footage. Yeah, big time, man. We I have was... no footage on this, so you guys won't be able to see this. But we're just gonna. So is this like what's the key to drinking a beer fast?
1: You gotta want it.
0: <laughs> just pure heart, right?
1: You gotta want it, man. I gotta. I'm gonna have to find it. So I'll no, that's it. fine. You
0: keep looking. So, um, I would be one. Like I could. I would say if I was to, it's, it's been many, many years since I've done this, but my younger years, if I was to chug a beer, I would probably say on a scale of like one to 10 with 10 being Nick Bracey, I might be like a four or five, Really, maybe a six. I I think I would, I want, I always like want to leave people. I want to, I want to under what, what's the thing I want to under, uh, I want to set the bar low. So I'm going to say like a four, maybe high, maybe a five. And then it may be like, someone would be like, actually, you're probably a six, like not good. Like like fair, like it won't be the last one done, but I definitely won't be the first.
1: Right, and I don't. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily something to brag about, you know? what? Because we're at, we're near the end of the podcast, so probably, this is probably going to be the first thing. Nobody's actually going to gonna make it this far in the <laughs> podcast,
0: so it's it's fine. But this is like, I mean, you got you know when you got like a highlight reel.
1: So this is the thing. This is why I really need an iPhone because when somebody, what do you have? It's a Galaxy, man. I I had a Pixel too. My parents told me it's time for me to pay for my own phone. So I was like, okay, I'm not paying for an iPhone. So this was like 350 bucks. I'm like, I'm gonna have to get a Galaxy. Is so, is that
0: a Samsung? Yeah, and, and and it's in is that the Samsung's biggest phone, like may, number m- one phone?
1: Maybe no, it's it's an older model. It's yeah, it's their main line though. But it iPhone tries to punish non iPhone users. You know what I mean? So if anybody sends me a video from an iPhone, yeah, it won't load on my phone with the same quality. It, it'll make it like tiny and it'll make it like all pixelated. But, Let's see. I have a few good ones. This one's pretty good. This is from the other night. This is 24 ounces and it's sick. It goes down in six seconds. It's I'd say, I mean, you could count. It's like, so it's not bad. I mean, <laughs> 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 and then I've, I have, I have other features where I've probably done, I've probably done three and under 10 seconds, 36 ounces under, under 10 seconds
0: three beers oh yeah are you kidding me on your 10 seconds like did you put them I on ha- the glass like i that, have though? one
1: yeah i have another video yeah, yeah but,
0: but you, you're not like you're not like shotgunning three no, beers pour it in a
1: stein i mean you gotta it has to flow right down your throat you can't it, you can't it can't be glug glug glug
0: it's gotta go that's insane yeah i, I have another video for sure actually like, what, what's the feeling after that it's gotta be like
1: <sighs> it was so fun we were at we. it was um right right before we all left law school and we're all we we uh, we all graduated, so we're all at this bar called Beer Garden, and they have they they have those huge steins, like yeah, the like
0: big old wooden like German tables.
1: Right, you can't get a small like the smallest one you can get is probably probably like a twenty four ounce Stein, but they have the thirty six ounce steins and stuff. And all is it
0: German beer though, like that thick heavy beer?
1: It is, but they they have one. it, it was they only serve German beer, beer there, which is kind of cool. But I was just like, whenever I go there, I'm like, what's the one that tastes most like Bud Light? Because I don't, I'm not, I don't need to drink anything fancy. And they're like, "Oh, this, this one's probably you know for somebody who has no taste." And I'm like, "Give me that one." <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I have, I have a, but it was like three and ten seconds. And anyways, I had a really good friend in law school. He actually went to Plattsburgh. He was a, he knew Matt Craig. It's funny because one of my Matt,
0: Matt's a legend at Plattsburgh.
1: Matt's a legend, and he was he was one of my best friends at law school. And he was the president of a frat at Plattsburgh. And him and Matt were close in age. And I was like, he goes, "Oh, do you?" do you know a guy named Matt Craig? And I didn't know Matt at the time because I'd just gotten back to Plattsburgh and we were playing in a flag football tournament at Valcor. But I go, no, I don't know him. But actually he happens to be playing on my flag football team that Andrew Castine put together. And then um, he goes, oh, that guy was a stud at Plattsburgh. And then I go, oh, really? And then I started (laughs) to become friends with Matt. And I go, hey, Matt, you know my buddy? Um, I won't say his name. And he goes, Matt's like, oh yeah, I know that guy. He goes, you know, he was not cool. He was part of the lamest frat. And I was like, oh man, it's so funny. He talked about you so (laughs) highly. I think think that's
0: Matt's MO is he'll make fun of any frat that wasn't his frat. It's so funny. He he told me that his nickname used to be Frat Craig. And at one point, I was scrolling through Instagram. Don't know how. This photo popped up. And the caption said. The caption basically said how I got into the party was I said that my my like cousin or my uncle or my something was Matt Craig, and I'm I sat there and I sent it to Matt like is that do you know this person? He goes oh yeah, and like he they literally name dropped Matt. This was I mean years later. This was like a year ago. Yeah, and I'm like Matt's been out of college for probably five years now at least. And this, these kids are still name dropping Matt Craig at the door, he's and I'm li- like, yeah, he's a living <laughs> like, legend.
1: What? Well, I, I don't know how he worked it out, man. He's, I think he still has them come do farm work every year. The pledges, but he, I, I know, it's, it's great. Yeah, he's got some stories, man. If, I,
0: uh, I, I know some <laughs> of these are probably not safe for the podcast. Oh, Matt no. Matt Craig is, yeah, he, he's a. So this is the 36er.
1: Yeah, that's the 36 ounce man, and I, I probably housed it in under 10 seconds, but it was. It's it's hard, like I said, because the iPhone people punish you for not having an iPhone. So I, my dear f- God. <laughs> but I think I honestly, like I'd say, if it was just one 12 ounce beer, I'd say two seconds. Like you'd hardly know that it, it was in the cup before I drank it. But I know it's not something that I necessarily should be bragging about. <laughs> that's <right>. that's <laughs> an, I've never seen
0: someone chug <laughs> a beer that quick uh, or that amount of beer. Like that. That's my thing. At a certain point, like, are you just full for like the next like 20 minutes? Oh,
1: exactly. Yeah. So that's that's what I was going to that story is. I did that, which was probably that was probably the best one I've ever had in terms of just volume and, and speed. And <laughs> my buddy Adam Tack comes right after I finished He's like, "Dude, how was it? How do you feel?" And it was one of those things where I couldn't even respond to him, or because it was like a 50 50 chance of whether I was going to hold yep. it down or not. And I was like, "Get out of my face, dude!" You know, I know. what I mean? Just because it was so, I was so uncomfortable. It, it's. Uh,
0: do you watch like the hot dog eating contest?
1: That's what I. Yeah, I was going to say. And then somebody sent me that the other day, and I was just so impressed. And. And uh, What's his face? Chestnut. Um, jo- Joey Chestnut. They go... The commentator was the funniest part about this contest at, in Coney Island. And he, I mean, you, it's worth watching the video just to hear this commentator. Funniest commentator I've ever heard. Did, did he... He won it again this year, right? Yeah, I think he was close to his record at like
0: 75 and 75 dogs in 10 minutes. That's insane. So we, we ended up... I went golfing the 4th <laughs> of July morning and we ended up going me and two high school buddies and we got done and we're like well, let's go get a beer somewhere so we're sitting there and there was nothing open really at the time it was early it was like eleven thirty or something so we ended up going to uh, buffalo wild wings so they opened at 11. so we're sitting there this is great bunch of sports on so they have the hot dog eating competition i'm like this is awesome so we're like we're watching the whole thing one of my buddies always watches it every year it's like his Good thing for him. yeah he watches the hot dog eating contest and like updates us every year on it so I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, wow, well, I'll get to watch it this year. I've never – I literally have never seen it live. And we're watching the whole thing go and the crowd and all these people are cheering. Joey Chestnut wins. I'm like, that's amazing. And of course, you can't hear anything. And I didn't realize putting two and two together that that wasn't the actual live feed of this year's championship because all of a sudden they get done and then they, they flip over to the females. And the females are in this room walking in and there's no crowd. And I'm like – how come the guys just did it down at Coney Island and there's all these people, it was a replay. Like, of course I was not paying attention with like no crowds and COVID and all this stuff. And they had all these people out in Coney Island cheering on this hot dog eating competition. So the girls went first and they all did it in the room and they all had to be like six feet apart doing this hot dog eating contest. So then the guys just came out after and I didn't, I didn't actually watch the live. So I watched the replay, I think probably of last year, but you're like, like it's pretty wild. They oh have like a God. mustard belt, and people are screaming, yes. and yell. I mean, it's disgusting. It, like point eight. Just, I mean, it gets even worse because when they get done, they just look like. I, I, I mean, it, it is the
1: most. It, but nothing says America like the Coney Island hot dog eating. The Nathan's hot dogs, yeah. like
0: just just. But they don't. They dunk it in water. They yeah. dunk it in water. Warm, soaks it warm up. Warm water.
1: Is it warm too? It's, I think it's warm water. Yeah, because you don't want to have
0: the cold water shrinking your stomach up. Is that oh, it? It's 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 the worst thing ever because and i saw this thing the other day i was listening to the do you listen to podcasts
1: once in a while man on on a long car ride when i just you know you can only listen to music for so long and one guy like this i don't know do you listen to a lot of them or no yeah I, so one of my buddies like listening to a guy sam harris yeah ever, i know
0: of him. i don't listen to him i know him. he
1: was he, i liked listening to him he was he was kind of a philosopher in his own right so i liked listening to him just make me think
0: about stuff I don't normally think about. So where's the philosophy aspect? That was just like you said, like an easier one just to get a degree in kind of deal? Because philosophy yeah. is pretty cool. Like, Oh, it's it's fascinating.
1: But I mean, it's at the same time, it's it's not, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the level of intelligence in class. It,
0: I don't know what makes it easy necessarily, I guess. Did, did you deal a lot with uh, like philosophy, but like uh, it might be different, but like astrology? astronomy
1: not no not like that we did some like you know we did i took a course on metaphysics or i hardly remember it but i remember they did the that possible worlds thing that's kind of like coming in now where they're thinking there might be infinite possible worlds like where they they make fun of that on rick and morty and stuff i i forget who who that guy was but
0: it's all stuff that i that i've purged from my memory at this point but i have a book over there i bought um Marcus Aurelius Meditations. Did you read that? Nope. That's, have you heard of it?
1: Nope. There. I mean, every. I feel like most philosophy classes, like everyone goes through like Rene Descartes and like the the seven uh, whatever whatever it is the seven truths or whatever he is. He's trying to find out one piece of knowledge you can depend on and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But
0: I don't know, man. It was just some. I did find it fascinating. I think philosophy cool. My my wife was a philosophy major, right? Um, or psychology, philosophy, psychology, one of the two. But it's kind of like a lot of the mind tricks. I exactly. think was, I think psychology, psych. Yeah, but it's like a lot of like the. I think there's a lot of fascination in it because when I was in high school, I took like sociology and psychology, and I really liked them. And uh, I do like philosophy books. Like I have a couple over there that I've like I've read a little bit on, but that one I want to read. It's not long. It's like maybe under 200 pages, so I want to check it out because there's some thick ones over there. Like, but
1: yeah i think it's something that most people just aren't exposed to in high school because you get your four subjects in high school for the most part and then you get to college and i was like and that it fascinated me the site the site classes and the philosophy classes i took a political philosophy class i loved that i mean but i don't know what it was i just knew i wanted to go to law school so i was just like let's get out of here quick
0: and yeah but so are you excited to be just out and like working now like
1: it's nice dude it's it's just it regulates me and it yeah I like working I like having money
0: yeah, no, yeah. I mean it's especially when you're young it's kind of weird you hit a certain stage too where you go from nothing to now you're like making like like adult decisions like, exactly like we're sitting there like we have a house and stuff, but we're talking about putting on an addition potentially and then like talking about like just buying stuff like you never had before, but now that you're an adult and you're kind of like in a working. Place like you, that's now kind of like expected or normal.
1: It's scary, man. It it is. It's and it is. It it was a quick transition, and it's it's fun stuff. But you know, originally I was like, when I when I got out of school, I was like, man, this is this is this stinks because I'm coming back to Plattsburgh. This is my future. There's no there's no new milestones coming because that's and it was kind of like a depressing thought. But now it's like now I do find a lot of excitement, and I think it is. It's just way different to plant deep roots and to hop around different places so
0: but you said you wanted to come back originally I did
1: just cuz I love my family man they were they're my mom and dad were awesome parents
0: so yeah just tight they're yeah but that's uh that's the hardest thing like I think there's areas that I like that I could live in like I think there's some spots of the country that be it'd be cool to like live there for a year or two and just kind of jump around and I have some friends that live like San Diego and then I've seen some people that live out uh, you know kind of out Midwest and uh or like I say Midwest but I don't know, like, Colorado, like, that stretch. I don't know if that's west or midwest or mountain, whatever. Midwest it's, is kind of, like, Iowa and all those yeah, places down west. the stretch. West. So, I have people that, like, and we visit a few spots. Like, man, it's really pretty here. And then, but, again, it's, like, the family thing. It's tough to leave. And, like, your, your family and friends, like, I know you can make, like, other friends. And you can, you know, you can travel back and see family and stuff. But I knew I was going to have a family and have, like, my own kids. And I want them to have right. grandparents. And so, there's a lot of, like, benefits to staying kind of closer to, like you said, the roots. Yeah. but.
1: And Plattsburgh's awesome.
0: Yeah, I love Plattsburgh. It really it's, is, man. It's like if if you're from here, you can make the best. I think it's the problem with Plattsburgh or the problem with people's perception of Plattsburgh is what you make of it. So the people that yep. think that it's good, it is a good place. People that like, you know, shit on it, shit on it, and that's what they get. It's kind of what you put into it. So I think if somebody really enjoys living here and finds like finds the best of Plattsburgh, exactly, they're gonna like. It's gonna be that more. Like, I I mean, we've talked, and you've been good about going to, like, eighty kyp stuff, and, you know, kind of, I mean, we haven't done it in a while because of, like, uh, you know, basically COVID and all that crap, but, like, it's nice that we can, uh, you know, make connections with other young kids, but that group, like, everybody's so, like, Pro the area, so it's fun. Yeah, at least and the it, main core people are.
1: Yeah, and it, not every but not everyone's honestly fortunate enough to be able to stay in Plattsburgh. Like so, you know, yeah. a lot of my friends, I had a, I had a really smart and successful class that that I graduated with at Plattsburgh, and it's like if you have a computer science degree, or you know, if you're like you know maybe a certain type of engineer, a lot of kids who have got those advanced degrees, unless you you were like one of those like everybody thinks doctor, lawyer, uh, engineer realtor you know whatever things like that but if you if you got any of those different degrees plattsburgh's not the easiest to set up a career in sometimes so yeah you have more earning potential somewhere else so
0: yeah especially if the jobs aren't here right off i mean right. you can travel to burlington or something but yeah it's only so much um no that's good um actually pretty good timing Anything else? Anything else you want to touch base on? Get me out of here, man. You're good. You got to go out. <laughs> free, free. Are you like done for the day? No, I got to go back to work. Do you? So this yeah. oh, oh, I could have maybe done it a little bit later. But. No,
1: no, I. I, I have stuff i have to do at the end of the day just you know and it has to wait till the end of the day too oh so it's kind of yeah, good yeah. give
0: you a, kind of kind of filled your dead time exactly so showing somebody else the the commercial space we'll see what they want to do with it oh there you go there you yeah. go we're gonna wish you luck hopefully it's thanks, all filled man. uh good spot so Nick uh thanks for coming on episode thanks for having me 80 which is great uh, we'll have to play some golf soon hell yeah because we, we both can use some practice so. yep. all right that's it episode 80 Galen Trombley show we're out